Well, big welcome to Dick Mir, former Springbok coach and very, very busy man who's obviously well-known in the rugby world. So, Dick, great to have you on the show. Thank you so much for your time. And I want to start off with, with obviously, you coach the Springboks, but I think one could say it's arguably the, the highest coaching role one could ever get or achieve, regardless of what nationality you are. Yeah, probably one better would be coaching the British and Irish Lions, I suppose. Uh, that's That would... That would be the only one that would, would, would go one higher than coaching your, your national yeah. side. Yeah, true, absolutely true. But it, it's, it's been such an interesting one. And um, Rossi Rassus has done a great job, obviously, winning the World Cup, et cetera, et cetera. We've playing a really good band of rugby. Um, but how important do you think it's been for his continuation to stay on as like the director of rugby now for South Africa? Yeah, look... I'm not sure what uh, what the sort of rationale was, you know, but uh, but for somebody like Rossi, uh, you know, he he achieved everything that uh, he obviously wanted to achieve, and then to hand on the reins to to somebody else to uh, and still be involved, I suppose, is 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 uh, is the best one could do, I suppose. Yeah, definitely. But now it's it's interesting times for Jacques Nienhaber. Um How do you think he's feeling right now? Yeah, so so one of the the, the things that you taught uh, when taking on a coaching job is always uh, to take it on when it's near the bottom and not take it on when it's right at the top of the the pile because you can only go one way from there. So uh, he's taken it on in a very gutsy sort of uh, way, but okay. he was part of the coaching staff. So uh, yeah, it's uh, you know <laughs> there's no. There's not much of an upside that he can achieve other than uh, continuing where they are at the moment. So, so yeah, it's, it is pro a proper challenge. Um, and would you feel like you've got the same sort of say, coaching philosophy as, as Rossi Erasmus? Are they, are they similar or do you think there's two different people there in terms of their coaching style? Yeah, they're very similar. You know, they work together. Uh, yeah. I remember Rossi, uh, coaching Rossi and uh, having Jacques as part of the physio or the management uh, when we were at the Cats many, many years ago. And uh, they've they've travelled the long road since those days. Um, so they've shared many coach, different coaching roles, uh, you know, with Jacques being the assistant and Rossi probably being the head coach or, or in different roles, you know, but mm. they would share very similar coaching philosophies. And, uh, and I think they've both learned from each other. Yeah, definitely. I know you touched on it earlier, um, how he's sort of maybe starting at the bottom, but do you feel it's a, it's a good pressure that Jacques Nienhammer is under in the sense that he's number one and <laughs> what a test the British and Irish Lions. Um, is he going to handle that pressure? Is it a, a good pressure from one could call it? Yeah, I, th I, don't, I don't think he'll be feeling the pressure too much. You know, I, I think uh, he's got a good squad of players. Uh, he was part of the management uh, that Rossi had uh, so there's more, it's a continuation of, of uh, what they've been there, done that, you know. So uh, it's just a different challenge. I think uh, the challenge that they faced with now is, is pretty unique. Having been there in, in 2009 with, with the British and Irish Lions uh, campaign, you know, uh, it certainly was, uh, a, it was a level up and it was the ultimate sort of uh, challenge that one could have, you know, you you sort of have three stages. Uh, you know, you ultimately look to to uh, beating the All Blacks as a coach, 
uh, you achieve that. Then you look to winning the Tri-Nations, the World Cup. Uh, but uh, ultimately, uh, the, the British and Irish lines is, uh, is, is a big one. Eh? Definitely. Now, let's so yeah. probably in context, I'd probably like to say that the one bigger than the British and Irish lines would be the, the World Cup. So uh, okay. maybe for Jacques, it's not as big as, uh, as, as what we had at, you know, at the time. You know, it must be because there is a lot of hype built around it. You know, it's such a, a long time, you know, 12 years, you know, and we mentioned 2009. It's a long wait, perhaps, you know, we're all up every four years. But I do understand where you're coming from. It's an interesting one. Now, 2009 was immense. It was extremely physical. Um, it was <laughs> rough and tough, and there's lots of videos on it, and as high intense it was. Did you ever think the, that series would be as intense as it was, Dick? Yeah, it was, uh, you know, it was something that uh, I remember at the time thinking, you know, uh, you know, everyone's making a, a massive issue around this, this whole uh, tour that's coming and this challenge that you have. And, and we had a, such a great uh, a, a group of players that uh, I didn't sort of uh, put in perspective the enormity of, of the situation. Uh, what was a real eye opener was when we when we got into the coaching box uh, before the first test match and you just saw the sea of red on the other side of the of sure. the stadium and you sort of there, wow, you know, you you sort of coaching a, a team away from home nearly, you know, you were you were sort of more the underdog than than, than the home side. So uh, so yeah, it 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 was it was massive, eh? It really was massive. <laughs> But that, that physicality, and we, we, we say it's a, it's a South African thing. Um, is it purely a South African thing, Dick, where the guys are just physical and just get stuck in? Or is it something that's sort of gradually coached through the years? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, the, the, the players themselves, uh, the, 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 the players just love a challenge. So, mm. so the bigger the challenge, the, the, the more the sort of, leaders stand up and the individual stands up and fronts up to the situation. So, you know, from a South African perspective, the physicality has never been a, that much of a challenge. Uh, I think here is you've got, you've got certain other nuances that, that uh, come with this, the situation where you've got specialists and, and experts in their own field, uh, guys that have been successful in their own teams, international teams that are now able to express them selves alongside other players that are that are equally good if not better than than what they are you know uh, so it, it it is it is a, a, a one-up step for for them as well yeah i know it's going to be great really really great but looking at you know if we want to compare then till now do you seeing it as being almost a repeat of that physicality happening in or is it going to be based more on skills and a set game plan. So there's not going to be those bone crunching tackles, I can call it that. Is it going to be more a skill show? Well, I, I tell you what, I've been very encouraged by, you know, just uh, watching some of the Northern Hemisphere rugby. I think they've sort of moved up a level uh, from a skill perspective. Uh, I think they they attacking and exploiting space a, a lot more than uh, what, what, what we've been doing. Um, I think the uh, the level of coaching is also stepped up significantly. So, so yeah, it's going to present itself with a, a different sort of challenge. 
Yeah, no, it's going to be great. And talking about the challenge, and I know we touched on it a bit earlier, but you know, as a, we're a very proud nation in terms of rugby, and we have to basically win every competition there is. It's <laughs> a bit of a high expectation. But does it ever play on the players' minds, the ranking, whether we first, fourth, second, whatever it is? Does it play on the players' minds at all, or are they just worried about the current fixture that's on hand? Yeah, I think it, it sort of plays in the back of their minds. Uh, I, I don't think it's uh, it's the be-all, end-all. Uh, I think, uh, you know, each game presents its own challenge. So each test match, uh, one's just got to deal with it as it comes, you know. So so I think uh, 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 a Lions tour coming to South Africa every 12 years, you know, presents a different challenge. And that challenge is, is what the guys will embrace. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there'll be... There'll be changes uh you know with uh, with personnel there've been injuries already uh so uh the not having not having uh, spectators in the stadium is going to be different uh you know not having this massive red sort of following that the lions are are used to will will uh, i think have a, a negative effect on um, on on what you know what one is mm. expecting but uh but it's it's just another challenge, you know. And the players sort of they manage to uh, to work these things out, and they manage to get on and, and and just go and deliver what they need to. Definitely, one challenge I think is also going to be the leadership aspect of it. And Alan Jones is, I mean, I think he's colossal for them, and he's been instrumental in so many years. He's pretty much out. How much effect do you think that is going to be negative from a negative perspective to try and fill fill his boots? It's going to be hard for the British and Irish lines, won't it? Yeah, I think uh, I think those are the those are the sort of things that that uh, are the moving target. You know, you mm. you have players that get injured and and they come and go. Uh, whether he stays on with the management and and performs a role there, I'm not sure what their thinking is. Uh, but uh, he's shown his leadership with Wales, mm. his leadership with the previous Lions tours. Uh, he's always been there. That and and. And he delivers delivers a, an element of physicality and an element of uh, sort of a tough guy. So uh, to have uh, someone like Conor Murray to, who comes in as uh, as the the new captain now, he he adds something else to the to the situation. I think he's a guy that uh, that's got a great feel for the game and he's he's a character as well. So so he'll bring something else. Uh, you know the the Lions management team are. are a carefully thought out group and Warren Gatlin's an astute coach. So, so they're going to be, they, they're going to be well armed for this one. Mm, absolutely. And talk about our leader, Sia Kulisi, he's going to be pivotal to break down, don't you feel? And he's going to have, going to, have to lead from the front in that regard as well, because the breakdown is going to be an absolute critical part, as we all know, of the game. Yeah, it is. Uh, I think the, the the breakdown has sort of come into its own a little bit more as mm-hmm. as time has evolved. You know, with uh, with coaches trying to coach away from the breakdown situation rather than than uh, creating a situation where you've got an offside line and you've got the rush defence coming off that. Uh, so so tactically, I think uh, the different coaches will will view it in, in different ways. But uh, the breakdown is uh, is an area where you can express your physicality and, and where <laughs> you know if the if the referees don't get too involved with uh, with the carding and yeah and the different rules that are there. But uh, but yeah, I, I just think uh, it, it's going to be such a great series. 
Definitely. It's going to be huge. And Nick, I, I know you played center, but the number 10 battle is going to be an interesting one, I believe, as well. And I think Andre Pollard is really almost like a, such a cool head. He's just like got uh, veins of us. Um, but perhaps maybe in a better space mentally than um, Dan Bigger and Aaron, Aaron Farrell. Sorry. Okay. They're quite critical yeah. there. He perhaps has a better mindset than, than those two guys. I know they're jolly good flowers, don't get me wrong. I think Andre just can handle himself maybe a bit better. Yeah, I think uh, I think Andre would be uh, uh, he's going to be he's going to play a critical role in the in the whole series. Um, I think you know he's got his own challenges having just come back from injury, so mm. he'll want to get his form to where it was. Um, and uh, and yeah, he 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 potentially could be up against a number of different options that that the Lions can present. So depending on how they're wanting to play, they may, they you know, whichever personnel they're going to put there. So uh, I think his, uh, his uh, whoever's going to be on his inside and outside from a selection perspective are, are going to play a critical role. I think from a leadership perspective, he's shown, he's shown what he's worth. Uh, but uh, a lot of the decision-making is going to be coming from the outside from the outside backs uh, and to have a guy like uh, Lukanya Am who's, uh, who's just grown in stature over time, uh, you know, with messages uh, coming from the outside. Mm. I think, uh, you know, the, the, the Springboks are in a really good place yeah. uh, as far as their, their balance between experience and youth is concerned. Well, there we are. You said it, experience, and maybe you can give us some, some perspective from a, a coach's point of view, because two guys, and I think it's, it's good picks, in, in Morningstone and, and Franstein, sort of, Dick, what, what would be the uh, thinking behind it? Why would you bring, and I, it's, I think it's a good move, but let's hear your perspective. Those two guys back in the squad, what's the thinking be behind that? Yeah, I, um, you know, I, I, I think... I think we're blessed for choice, you know, with yeah. uh, with having having guys like that that have got that have got uh, two wins against the British and Irish Lions mm. already under their belts, you know. So so that just adds to to the experience. Whether they they'll fully utilize them, I'm not sure. Uh, but uh, but you know, you you sort of one injury away from playing. So. Uh, to yeah. be able to fall back on on somebody who's who's been there, done that, uh, as in the position with Andre, uh, I think with uh, Franstein it's a little bit different because France uh, France has got uh, has also got a wealth of experience, but he's uh, he's so versatile from a, a playing perspective True. that uh, True. they could utilize him at 10, 12, uh, 15, uh, and and he'll fulfill those positions quite ad yeah. quite adequately. Uh, adequately as well. Yeah, it's going to be good because I think they've got the combinations right in terms of young players and experienced players. It's yeah, it's it's really really good. Um, but I think I think a guy like like I think a guy like a Ruan, a Ruan Pinar could uh, feel a little bit hard done by. You know, he's uh, he's got also a wealth of experience. Mm -hmm. um, so you don't want to you don't want to have too many guys that have got all this experience uh, where you want just a little bit of youth that comes in and and that youth brings uh, some other exciting aspects to the game. Yeah, definitely. But, you know, look, we haven't had time to really analyse and sit down and, and compare the squads, you know, packs versus pack, backline versus backline. But where do you feel we could 
have the edge. South Africa could have the edge over the Lions. I think where we where we have the edge is uh, obviously number one in the world. You know the, yeah. the guys would be come with a, a lot of confidence with that. Uh, having guys that have played in uh, against the Lions before, that uh, that's pretty uh, special as well to uh, to be able to have, have that situation. Um, I think uh, you know the the uh, the physicality aspect, South Africa have, have, have uh, they thrive on the physicality. Mm-hmm. You know, if you if you look at uh, what happened in the World Cup, I think um, you know South Africa can just grow from from what they have achieved already. So, so yeah, we sit with 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 that. Uh, one of the challenges I think that we that we faced is that this uh, this uh, group of players that uh, have assembled, you don't really know. What they're going to be bringing, mm. uh, what what they're going to be presenting to you. So there's a new dynamic that we're going to be facing, and I think uh, for the box is being able to adapt to what they present, and uh, and and having as much experience as what they have with different personnel that are on top of their game. I think they can they can offer a variety of different uh, playing styles. Uh, challenges in different positions uh so i think the balance of the the british and irish Lions squad is is an incredible balance um and they can present different uh, different challenges to the box yeah this is this is going to be good because i also believe it could be some players first and last experience against the british and irish Lions tour so it just it builds up for a really great occasion so yeah, let, let's see what happens the but frustration you, is not being able to be there to to witness yeah. it and see it yeah. unfolding, and uh, yeah. and there's no there's no uh, there's nothing better than watching it live and seeing seeing it as a as a holistic sort of view yeah. uh, as to the unfolding. Yeah, especially for some people who like purposely waited for the you know the twelve years to get a chance to actually watch it now. Me for one, um, but <laughs> uh, yeah, there we go. Anyway, it, it, it is what it is, but. Here's an interesting perspective, Dick. When you played for South Africa, and one game in particular, you, you played against Scotland, and South Africa won 68-10. Absolute hiding. Now, um, obviously, the Northern Hemisphere has improved then, but you can't say South Africa hasn't because, as you know, we've ranked first in the world. Um, does that, in your mind, just show that the Northern Hemisphere has improved that much, especially Scotland, for example, I mean, I don't see us beating them 68-10 anytime soon again. Um, what is your, your take on that? Yeah, I think those are just moments in time. I think, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, we, we were very fortunate. We had a special group of players and, uh, you know, a guy like Nick Mallett had, uh, had got the team to gel well. Uh, we had some some incredible athletes that uh, that were part of that squad at the time. Uh, and, uh, and, yeah, the, the rugby in the Northern Hemisphere has progress significantly um, I think the the dawn of the professional era has been better uh, they've they've adapted better to it than than, than possibly anybody else mm. um, and uh, and yeah their, their rugby has improved they've had a lot more uh, foreign influence that have that have gone over there uh, for instance coaches players uh, at the top of their game at the, nearing the end of their careers uh, so so the game the game has improved 
Um, and uh, it's it's no longer the game that we played. So when we played, it was probably more a game of 10s rather than a game of 15s where there's, there's more space and, uh, you know, uh, individual skills-wise, uh, I think there's a there's a bigger balance that that all the individuals have to have, you know. So um, it's a sort of more multi-skilled than what what it was individually skilled in, at that time. Yeah, no, definitely. Well, just yeah, it's actually crazy to think that rugby's only been professional for about 25, 26 years now, actually, and it's developed so much. That's an interesting, interesting way to look at it. Um, but let's get into a score then. South Africa versus British and Irish Lions tour. Um, who wins it overall? Yeah, listen, I, I think I think it's just so wide open. You know, uh, I think what one's got to look at is uh, you've got to look at the, the games that leading up to the the test matches. Uh, you've got to have a look at uh, what's going to happen with this whole COVID uh, situation mm-hmm. and the bubble and whatever else. I think. COVID's going to have a part to play in this in this big thing uh, as well from an injury. I mean, from a availability perspective, perhaps. Hopefully, uh, you know, they can sort out the bubbles that they have and uh, and just have the series be potentially what it can be. Um, yeah, I think I think uh, the the British and Irish lines are probably in a in a very good position. So they they probably. Uh, the favourites to to win this, um, and it's it's yeah it's up for grabs. So so uh, yeah, I, I just believe if South Africa can adapt to what has been offered uh, from a challenge perspective, South Africa will win it. If uh, if if we don't adapt soon enough, uh, then the British and Irish lines will win it. Sure. Well, all will be revealed soon. But I like your take on the. The domestic games, when they're obviously playing um, all the franchises here in South Africa, that's going to be yeah, good to look at as well and see how they go there. But I think also they 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 sit with uh, they sit with other dynamics. They sit with uh, with uh, selection challenges. You know, it's not often that you have uh, as many great players that you have to select from. So selection is a is a major part of of the British and Irish lines. Uh, uh, challenge that they're going to have is to who is the best and what does this one bring versus that one and and uh, what style are we going to play and what are the conditions and 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 you know so mm. yeah it's uh, it's going to be just an amazing series. No, looking forward to it very much. So, but Dick, you also coached the Sharks as we've touched a little bit on, on domestic rugby. Um, and do you see them as favourites for the Curry Cup this season? Yeah, I think the uh, I think the Sharks are in a very good place. I think they've uh, they've got a great uh, squad of players. Um, I think they they've they've had their highs and lows. Uh, they they're in a, a a rebuild situation. I think where they've lost uh, they've lost some personnel. They've uh, had a couple of personnel changes in their in their coaching uh, setup. But uh, in general, I think the Sharks are in a in a very very good place and uh, and the curry cup is wide open for them to win yeah i know it's going to be good to see and even after the, the olympic games I, I hear there's some coaches that are going to be joining them as well so they really are yeah re, uh, redesigning themselves i'd say which you mentioned earlier but dick are you involved in the, the sharks academy at all i am 
I am. Yeah, so we provide the uh, the Sharks Academy with their rugby program, uh, and it's been an incredibly exciting little journey to uh, to be back on the field coaching. I've uh, I've enjoyed it thoroughly, and uh, and yeah, I'm just uh, I'm just amazed at uh, at what potential talent there is in this country. You know, yeah. I, I do believe that uh, that our coaching um, standards can be lifted. Um, and it would be good if uh, if we can concentrate our efforts to make sure that uh, that the the bar has been lifted across the board from from a coaching perspective, particularly at school level. I think uh, I think there's uh, a lot of work that can be done there by South African rugby. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that a lot of work can be done, but I also feel a lot right has been done in terms of rugby. There seems to be a very good feel good factor about rugby in South Africa, generally speaking. Um, if I'm if I'm wrong, you must tell me. But where do you feel South African rugby is getting it right? Well, I, I just think uh, demographics-wise, you know, rugby has come a long way. Yeah. Um, and uh, and and certainly, uh, you know, the the number of players that are playing uh, at schoolboy level is incredible. Um, the sad part of it is uh, the drop off after school. Uh, which uh, which obviously falls into the sort of club uh, academy type space where you know we, we're losing far too many players uh, from the game uh, and that would make uh, rugby that much stronger yeah. uh, we're also losing a lot of a lot of players and personnel to to abroad mm. uh, and uh, but it's but again it's an opportunity I think it's uh, yeah. it's really a great opportunity for for for, for those players individuals to be able to get another opportunity and possibly a better opportunity abroad yeah definitely yeah it's interesting times very very interesting but besides the rugby coaching um i'm sure you keep yourself busy with one or two things what are you currently involved in i'm involved in the cannabis industry um so we do medicinal cannabis um and uh and that's that's a a new newish industry that uh, that's flourishing so yeah, it's got its challenges, but uh, enjoying it. No, lovely. And Investor Rugby Academy, are you still involved there at all? Yeah, so we've got uh, the Academy of Sports. So, uh, yeah, Investec have uh, withdrawn their sponsorship. So uh, oh. we've got the Academy of Sports, which covers other sporting codes. Uh, so we've, we've basically used our rugby and hockey blueprint that we've had, uh, and we've expanded into other sports. Uh, but it's more on the developments uh, f- uh, front. It's uh, it's about coaching coaches and it's about uh, empowering them with the knowledge to be able to to impart that knowledge onto players. Uh, we also deal with a, a small aspect uh, from a player-based perspective. But uh, for me, you know, the the passion is really about uh, you know, there's no bad coaches out there. They they potentially just lack a little bit of knowledge. And it's to be able to share that knowledge and, and empower other coaches to to be able to express themselves. Excellent. So, and a guy like Peter, you know, uh, I don't know if you've uh, had any chats with him, Ryan, but uh, no. you know, he he uh, he's a guy that uh, that obviously uh, did incredibly well with the series. Uh, you know, mm. he managed he managed the whole situation there, and it was it was uh, it was quite a, it was uh, quite a tighty fought contest you know I mean that second test match to win that in the dying minutes but uh, and 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 to be honest we didn't really play 
to our full potential, you know. So uh, you sort of uh, you, you left with this thing, you know, only if we we mm. kind of got it all together. And I'm sure the Lions would feel that only if they'd got it together as well, it would have been that much better. But but it's an incredible it's an incredible challenge to be able to work against sort of four other nations that are pulled yeah. together to, yeah. to be saying, okay, now this is, this is what it's ultimately going to be. But the, uh, you know, that, that support base is, uh, is sad. And, and it's very sad for me that, that we've had to enter into, into uh, Alliance series like this, where, we haven't got those supporters and the, and the whole of South Africa is not benefiting from the opportunity that it presents itself, you know, mm -hmm. and it's, mm -hmm. and it's possibly just due to, uh, to the financial constraints that the sport has right now. Yeah, you know, yeah. we, we press to, to, to go ahead with a, with a tournament like this under these circumstances. But, uh, but having said that, yeah, it's going to be very exciting. Eh? And, um, Mary makes it, is he still around? Yeah, yeah, Murray's still around. Uh, he's uh, he's in New Zealand. Uh, okay. I think he's taking it a little easy. Uh, okay. He's he's uh, involved with the International Rugby Academy in New Zealand. Oh, right, right, uh, right. Okay. And uh, and we were part of that sort of franchise business with uh, you know with the sharing of knowledge and and the expertise. So uh, so yeah, they they've they've done a lot of work there, and and as you've seen, you know, the New, Ze New Zealand rugby is in a very, very, some very good players uh, and coaches from sort of uh, very few people. You know, they, mm. they don't have the numbers that we have, but yeah. they just keep churning it out. And uh, and and for me, that that epitomizes what good coaching does. You know, mm. good coaching produces good players, and uh, and 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 hence the reason for uh, taking on the academy role. Sure, very, very interesting. Uh, just on that one, uh, the one question you asked me, you know, whether whether this is is bigger than than the Lions series is bigger than a World Cup. Uh, <laughs> I'm sort of, I'm sort of uh, you know, as I was I, as I was saying, at the the World Cup is obviously the ultimate sort of challenge, um, but you don't get an opportunity to 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 coach against four nations, you know. That that yeah. come together. I'm not sure if if uh, the Lions series is and and as you rightfully put it, it only comes about every 12 years, mm -hmm. you know, uh, to your country. But it does it does happen every four years. Yeah, uh, yeah, true. So, yeah. so is it is it bigger? Is it not bigger? Shit, I'm not sure. Eh? What are, what are your thoughts? Um, I think it's it's the World Cup is, for example it's so difficult to win it. Whereas if, if you lose to the British and Irish Lions, you know, you don't lose a trophy. If you lose out in the World Cup, there's a trophy gone. So perhaps the World Cup has more weight to it, towards it. But in the same breath, if I'm 30 years of age and I get picked for the Springboks to play against the British and Irish Lions, that's my one opportunity. I won't get it again, you know, because 12 years now I'll be 42. It's a it's a tough one. It really is a tough one to see which one is. But I mean, the World Cup. You know, since we've won the World Cup, we've stayed number one since that. It almost it sets you on another elevation. Um, meet the British and Irish Lions. It's a great feeling. It's awesome. 
But if, does it help our world rankings? Um, to a certain degree, it does, I guess. I don't know. It's the World Cup that won us for us. Um, oh, it's, a, it's a tough one. Yeah, so I suppose if you're looking at rankings, then, then yeah, it's probably, mm. it doesn't have sort of that much clout to it. But uh, yeah. as far as playing against sort of the rest of the world. You're pretty much playing, yeah. Yeah. You know, well, so I suppose not the rest of the world, but it's uh, it's it's major regulations. Yeah, if you have a look at what it meant to a guy like Sinclair, you know, who mm. who who was left out of the squad and then brought back into the squad, uh, is you can be chosen for your country, and uh, but to be chosen for the British and Irish Lions is is like a real yeah. One one step up from that, you know. Mm, we're playing mm. for South Africa. You don't have anything more to aspire towards, you know. If there was like a, if there was like a Southern Hemisphere Tri Nations sort of select team, then yeah, you, know, you could always aspire to that, you know. Mm. So from that point of view, if I'm British and Irish, if I don't make it, you know, at 28 years of age. Four years from the line, down the line, I could get selected for the British and Irish Lions tour again. I could, because they're going to Australia in 2025. Correct. Whereas for South Africans, Australians, New Zealanders, it's so difficult because you, you are, unless you're like a France stand, you might get to play against them three times. Um, well, not quite three times, twice. twice. Um, yeah. it's, it's maybe a bit more precious for the South Africans because, you're, because of that 12-year gap. But for the British and Irish Lions guys, they might get a chance every fourth year. So, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's an interesting dynamic. Yeah. Okay. Not getting it. Well, I think it's been really good to get your perspective and, and find out about what you've been up to. And you're know, obviously the big one, the, the British and Irish Lions tour. So, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for the chat. Really, really appreciate it. Pleasure, Ryan. Have a lucky day. Thank you so much for your time, Big. Pleasure.